0: Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another Bible study as we uh, approach the throne of grace and prayer, but also a time of fellowship as we uh, fellowship together as a body, as well as diving into the Word of God so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that will be effectively equipped unto every good work in Christ Jesus. So we thank the Lord for our time together. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll be in Romans chapter nine, continuing our, our study in the Word of God. Um, and so let me just get right to it and opening up in prayer. Father God, we thank you for another night. Um, we do. Uh, just express to you thanksgiving first and foremost lord because of who you are lord there is none like you and so we honor you lord we honor you lord with our life we uh, are seeking more and more of you lord as uh, we we heard today in our uh, midday devotion we just want to draw near to you and know more about you so father we thank you lord we turn ourselves over to you now may your word fall on good ground and uh instruct us in the way of holiness in jesus name amen
1: amen amen
0: so we're going to get right back into uh this section as i mentioned last week this chapter chapter 9 is part of a section chapters 9 through 11 so they those these three chapters have to be looked at as a whole so and within the the chapter as I mentioned this this is kind of the uh uh, the heavyweight of this of the letter of Romans in terms of deep rich theology and so some of the questions that we started on last week will continue on this week and in order for us to appreciate um where we're going to uh, land I'm going to kind of I guess I will call it cheat a, cheat a little bit by going to uh, uh, chapter 11 uh, verses 33 through 36 um, I know we're not there yet but I want to read this now and we'll read it again when we get to chapter 11 but let me just read uh, these verses oh the depth of the richest Riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and its paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So we're we're going to get to that point and the reason that uh I wanted to read that particular passage of scripture is because there are some uh what I'll call weighty issues when we look at this particular chapter but we're going to get we're going to get there where we can uh praise and and worship and really give God the honor and the glory. So we left off on um, last week. We were in section, uh, section verses 6 through 13. And we were talking about the, um, let me just go back to uh, verse 6. Because it ended with, or began in verse 6. It is not as though God's word had failed. So we started with there that, that God did not fail. Then we went into talking about the, the, True Israel and God's sovereign choice, and one of the things that um, I, I believe we all um, feed in on is the sovereignty of God. God reigns over all. There Amen. is a hundred percent plus agreement that God reigns over all. He is the Creator. He. Is as we mentioned, he's omnipotent, omniscient, and all that that means. And so we can totally trust and depend on the Lord. So that was this section, and we got to a a part um, in verse nine, uh, actually even down to verse thirteen about uh, who is who who is the ones that are the elect or the chosen of God. And I just wanted to quickly go through that again, as I mentioned, you said not all who are of abraham's descendants um or are they all his are they all abraham's children and i refer to you to genesis chapter 25 um and again <laughs> we mentioned there that abraham had other children ishmael and six other uh sons and if you read the passage in genesis 25 you will you will find that it says that uh Abraham gave all to Isaac, the child of the promise, but to his uh, other sons, he gave gifts and sent them away. So Isaac was the one that was promised uh, from God and he received the blessing. Why? And we go back to where we started from. God's sovereign choice the plan, his plan is unfolding and some things are, again, beyond our comprehension. So it was through Isaac. This is the unfolding of the plan of God. And then Jacob and Esau. Why? God chose to, uh, as it said there, love Jacob or rather Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. And we did, talked about that, that it was really talking about God's purpose and favor and plan um, the language was not that hated in terms of despise or he had it out for Esau. It was really to emphasize the plan and the purpose of God. So we see that um in that section. And then we get to uh, verse fourteen, where we're going to uh, pick up today. and uh, Deacon Brown, are you uh, are you good to go to read from fourteen through
2: twenty
0: nine? Uh, I am. Okay, have at it.
2: All right, Romans 9, verse 14, the NIV version.
0: Okay. there.
2: What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on man's desire or effort but on God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? for who resists his will? But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay, some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? What if God, choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? Even us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles, as he says in Hosea, call them my people who are not my people, And I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And it will happen that in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of the Israelites be like the sand by the sea, only the remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord almighty had left us descendants, we would have have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. So there's a lot that uh, we need to, kind of look at in this particular section. So what we're gonna do is start from the section verses 14 through 18. We're gonna start there verses 14 through 18 and just kind of make our our way through. But before we do that, um, because there's a lot in there, I just wanna get any feedback or some things that kind of stand out to you uh, as you read through this or you heard it read through this section anything that kind of jumped out at you um, from between verses 14 through 29?
3: Uh, Verse 14, God would have mercy on whom he want to have mercy and compassion on whom he want to have compassion. So Mm -hmm. he's God and do what he wants
0: to. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's, that's okay. That. That's, that's 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 good. Okay, that's good. Anybody else?
1: There's some hard sayings in this passage. Mm-hmm. Our hard sayings like Well, God will have mercy on whomever he will have mercy. And I'm trying to locate the verse about who, who are you to reply against God? Mm-hmm.
0: Verse 20.
1: For that, verse 19, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? Mm-hmm. That, that's a hard saying to it, in some in some ways it makes sense to me so it makes that's sense. What I mean it's a hard saying okay so the word okay. of god is true the word of god is true yes and and it say, say that
0: one more time just to so make sure everybody true 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and that's and i'm glad you said that cuz that's where ultimately we're going to have to land because that, and that's one of the reasons why I read uh, Romans 11, that passage 33 through 38 first, because it get we're gonna get to the point is how unsearchable are your ways, you know, there, you know all of that because there are some things and even uh, I I forgot to look up the passage, but where Peter says about Paul, uh, some of his writings are hard to understand. So and this is this is one of those things here where um, there there are some challenges. Okay, anything else?
2: Esther, you know how you say uh, we can't always blame the devil for everything?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This part of, of the passage, and I, I lost the verse myself, where he says he raised Pharaoh up mm-hmm. but for a purpose. And he hardened his heart. Okay. For a purpose. So, and that purpose is to that his name, God's name, might be proclaimed in all the earth. So sometimes, you know, when we say, but why God? Why are you letting this happen? Why are you, or did God cause this to happen? Did he allow it to happen? There's not necessarily an uh, answer to our question,
1: except that he is unequivocally sovereign. And I would just say amen, because that's that again is uh it's it's sometimes
0: it's beyond our understanding because it these again, these are some of the hard sayings in this section. Anybody else? One more before we kind of go back to verse 14.
4: I'm drawn to uh verse 21 where it says that the potter has a right to make the same lump of clay special or just for everyday use. And sometimes we can get bent out of shape because we say, why can't I have that talent? Why can't I have that skill? Why am I not as special as that person? But God made us so he made us all special and with purpose. It might be the good China that you serve for the guests and it may be what you need to use for everyday use. And what do you use? You use the everyday uh, dish <laughs> and dishes more than you do the special, but they all have a purpose. And so when God made us, he made us for a special purpose. And we need to just embrace that. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just go back to that illustration that you use in, in reference to that part. And we'll get to that. Uh, As we talk about some other references to God, that there's just the everyday, uh, especially the everyday uh, dishes example. Um, Maybe y'all don't have it, but there are sometimes there are some bowls that are just so precious that have a a chip in them. Or and you just don't want to get rid of it and you use it continually. You may not serve it, you may not use it when guests come in, but it has value. Right. Can can I can I get a witness out there? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So sometimes there are things but but you can see that even and we can look at it from that standpoint in our brokenness God is able to use us for his glory. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but let, let's go back to verse 14 because there's some questions that in a sense Paul anticipated. By saying, well, then what shall we say? And he's done this before: is God unjust? Well, remember, he's sovereign, he chose Isaac, he chose Jacob, he he had the very right to do that. And so, since God is the one doing the choosing, it begs the question, then. Where where do we fit into all this? If God is the one controlling everything, then where do we fit in? And then he goes to Moses, or are you from Exodus the verses, the verse. I will have, he says to Moses in verse fifteen, uh, "I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion." on whom I have compassion. That statement is taken right after um, there was the golden calves that were made. And Moses is interceding for the people um, so that God wouldn't wipe them all out. And in response to that, he got, um, God responds to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. That God is still in control, even in that situation that is based on what God wants to do. Guess what? He could, what he could, what, what could God have done to those that rebelled against him?
1: He He could have wiped them out.
0: He could have wiped them all out. But in this he did demonstrate mercy by preserving them and they had they had consequences but he he had the choice it's even as we pray as Moses did it's still up to God to make it happen so God is in control God's mercy is based on who God is Yes, he's called us to pray. Yes, he's called us to intercede. But the result is up to God. We can't strong arm God. It's all dependent on what God wants to do. So that's the first thing. Lord, be merciful. And we can cry out, Lord, have compassion and i will have compassion or mercy on whom i want it's by god's choosing. so we start with the sovereignty of god. god is in control. the mercy of god the focus is on god's choice.
1: that's Amen. just 14
0: and 15. Hmm. so what do we know about god so far? he god is in control. Sovereign. he is sovereign. God is merciful, but it depends on what God wants to do according to his divine plan. Amen. And do we Amen. do we trust him or do we trust God
3: mm-hmm.
0: in that? Well, in one sense we say, well, we don't have a choice. We're so dependent. Yes. Okay. But it's a Attest reminder. Mm-hmm. But, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that.
3: test to our faith.
0: Test to our faith, but it's faith, yes, faith in who, in, in, in God. God, that's where mm-hmm. it's anchored. So that's the first part. Anything else in there? Because this, this is again, we're starting to work through this. God is sovereign. God is merciful, but it's based on; it flows from Him, from God, and that's where we get to verse sixteen. And I'll just go ahead and read it. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. So this is, it's when he is merciful and he acts, it's according to his divine plan and purpose. Understand again, God has a plan and a purpose. And we mentioned it before, over the last couple of weeks or so, Ephesians 1, 4, before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. So this is all in the plan of God and understanding who he is that's the 14 through the 16 god's mercy and it flows from who he
1: is hey, Pastor, now verse, go ahead i asked myself some of the questions is the scripture even when i was a little boy for most of my life but the most comforting thing is is this particular scripture but it all takes me to the real purpose person and, and purpose of God, and that what comforts me is in spite of us not knowing how he does things, how and when he does things, God, We one thing we do know, that God is love, yes, and that's really. the most comforting thing, and that causes me to sit back sometimes and not ask some questions that perhaps I should <laughs> God is love. And and that is expressed in the Bible so many times, and that's the overriding of everything for me, for my comfort.
0: Yes, and and actually the the word mercy, and at least in the Hebrew, has that element his loving kindness, and so that's mm-hmm. that's part of who God is. So it refers back to His nature. Anything else? So we start with God's sovereignty. His, it's his mercy, not on based on us, not based on Jacob or Esau, not based on Abraham's lineage. It's all based on God. Then verse 17 through um, 18. Now the example of Pharaoh. I raised you up for this very purpose. That I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Hmm. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and he hardens who he wants to harden. Okay, now let's look at Pharaoh. You know the story from Exodus. Mm -hmm. Moses went before Moses, let my people go as he's conveying the uh, message to Pharaoh that they may serve and worship. And Mm -hmm. does Pharaoh agree first time going through? No. No, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, he's given opportunity. There's a plague that comes. Mm -hmm. And does he respond positively to what? (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. So, and this is where the, the hard part is, so how much of that was when it says he's raised up, so was he born into the world that God designed Pharaoh from before the foundation of the world to be someone who would be used mm-hmm. to rebel against God, and therefore that was to the praise of God's glory? In other words, did Pharaoh even have a choice in the matter? I'll ask that again is this and this is part of the what well, I guess the philo- philosophical part is is this fatalism that there it there's doesn't matter what we do, it's by God's design and it's by fate, so mm-hmm. that's one of the challenges of this particular verses of uh, this this section, trying to understand. See, there's other things we know about God, and that's what we wanted to start with, that God is sovereign. He has a plan. He has a purpose. That God is indeed merciful and does not depend on us. And we then depend. this next part, God raised up this individual. And there's other examples, but this is the example that we have here. Pharaoh, so did God create him as an evil instrument before the foundation of the world to be used by God for the display of his glory or was there choice or or what? Anybody have some good answers? Because if you do, you will be awarded a PhD just because you solved 500 years of uh, questions. So let's just kind of wrestle through this. Is uh, because these are some of the questions that and concerns uh, that people have, as especially in Romans again, this section, uh, chapters nine through eleven. So, let's talk about Pharaoh. There he is. I raised you up for this purpose.
1: God uses whomever he pleases to get what he needs to have happen. One thing i say so He uses whomever he pleases.
0: Yes, he does. God uses whoever he pleases. And again, in this case, was it because, again, was worked. Pharaoh created for this very purpose? Mm-hmm. Yes. From before the foundation of the world that he had no choice, and the only thing he could do was to act in rebellion against God. Or yes. was there some human agency as like we used we like to say free will involved in the the matter? We also talked in Romans eight about the foreknowledge of God. So is it that God knew that Pharaoh was gonna do this? And it, so there's it's complicated. So what else? Pastor.
3: It was it was God's Pastor, plan.
0: Let me let me hear from Deacon Jenkins first. It was God's okay.
3: plan. I believe, Pastor, it was God's plan for him to be for him to do what he did to show uh, the, the earth the world who he was, who God was. He he was was predestined for him to be the way he was.
0: Oh, there's that word. So it was pre Destined,
3: foreordained. Yes, Yes. and I think he uh, he he used Pharaoh but he could use anybody, uh, or want anybody to try to get the attention of the people. But he went to the top of the who was responsible. Yeah, and here's and here's and here's some of
0: the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were breaking can you up. Hear me? Yeah, you
3: were breaking you up me? just now. Now I can. I'm sorry. Okay. You me? Okay, I could use anybody, um, but he used Pharaoh. He went to the top of the people, person who was in charge of, of so many to get his point across. Uh, and he used Moses. As you say, he was predestined to use Moses, but he went to the top of the line to you to, to try to get the, the attention of so many people that he was not playing, that he yeah. was sincere about his wishes.
0: And, and here's here's some of the challenges looking at when we're looking at um, did God create Pharaoh before the beginning of time predestined to do this So the, the other issue is what's known as double predestination. That there, in terms of how some people look at the elect and the predestined, you're either predestined for heaven or predestined for hell. That's kind of one, that's one way of kind of parsing this out that could be, that could come out of this is that there is the elect. God has a plan. He's chosen. So before anybody even have a choice, it's almost like you don't have a choice because you're already predestined beforehand. So you understand where some of the, the challenges of how we look at this particular passage. And the reason why I bring it up is that for, for me, I won't call it a stumbling block. That's that's something for me that's hard to swallow, that some are predestined for heaven, and that there are already some predestined for hell. Um, that's okay. the extreme parts, and that's there are those what we'll call um, hyper Calvinists that believe that that you know there's there's the elect and those that are predestined. There's a select number, and then there are those that are outside of that that are eternally okay. damned. And there are right. scriptures that yeah. can support either way let me finish this there are past there are scriptures that can that will support either either way for example uh when jesus has said or rather it says in mark or actually jesus says i have not come to be served but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many so does that mean that jesus died only for the many or as Paul says in Timothy, that he came and gave his life for all. And how do you, how do we look through, look through all that? So I'm raising these up as complicated issues uh, because then we have to go back to what do we know about God? We know that he's sovereign. We know that he has a plan. We know that he has a purpose. We know that he is merciful. We know that it's by his choice. And where do we fit in all this? And let me just go to this next part. The only way we can really understand about and why even Romans 8 is important is because we can talk about being predestined based on our understanding of God through the spirit of God. And we have that hope and that joy. Um, But we also have to be very uh, cognizant of we don't have all the answers in terms of how is God's plan unfolding. We can never count anybody out. Um, and so but go ahead. I think it was a uh, Brother Newman that wanted to jump in. Oh no. No, I
1: just
3: want to say that it was uh uh from reading the scripture, it was feral willful disobedience that uh led to his hardened heart. Um uh, from
0: from studying the scripture,
3: yeah, will, I, yeah, go
0: ahead. No, I was going to say that that is certainly one. What and that's kind of where I land um, is that he had multiple opportunities along mm-hmm. the way to, and he finally relented. Um, yeah, and so there is there is human will or the free free will or the ch- the freedom to choose was definitely a part of that. Mm-hmm. But what what happens is is that. Um, When we look at this expression, I've raised you up, and God chose to use Pharaoh at this particular time, but he also gave him plenty of opportunities Mm -hmm. to respond to the power and majesty of God. So you both have the the love and mercy of God, but you also have uh, Pharaoh who was in rebellion against God and gave him opportunities over and over again but he refused to relent so that's kind of where um the some of the challenges and tied to that is the issue of the potter doesn't god have the right to to do whatever he wants however he wants Mm
1: -hmm.
0: whenever he wants I'll ask it again. Does God have the right and authority to yes.
4: do
1: what he wants yes. whenever he Amen. wants? Yes, how
4: how how Amen. How? Amen. Yeah.
1: Pastor, Pastor, go ahead. Yes. In, in, we, we, we can never get through that question, especially at, at New York Theological Seminary, at, at Dr. Cook's Bible Study in New York. We could hardly get through that question and, and because we used to bring up the question that God could have gotten rid of Satan. He didn't even have to let Satan do what he did, do, even in the, in the beginning. And one, one doctor said that it's his prerogative that he can do whatever he wants when, where, to anybody he wants. And, 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 and sometimes, because we, we brought up the question of perfect will, and permissive will. And we got into a big discussion about that because somebody said that even if it's God's permissive will is still his perfect will. Mm-hmm. And so that right. my conclusion I come to is that God can do whatever He want to do <laughs> and, I, and, and what comforts me is to say that he know what he's doing and I don't know did it squat when it comes and compares to God
0: um Reverend Tripp you you raised a a deep theological conclusion that I don't have in my notes and that is diddly squat that's that's not in my notes but that's an that's an acceptable that's an acceptable answer and so the reason why I want to raise this as an issue is that these are some of the real struggles as we wrestle in the word of god and I'm just trying uh-huh. to understand who god what what's happen <clears throat> excuse me what's happening here but at the same time it also brings us to where we're going to get to in 11 lord mm-hmm. this is beyond my comprehension i know that you are in control i trust you completely and in those areas where i'm uncertain i have to read verse 20 several times mm-hmm. where after the question is asked in verse 19, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? If all this that God is in control, he's, he's choosing. And then in verse 20, what does he say? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just remember, boys, right? just remember Everyone, who we are. I have. Some other references of if, and I'll just kind of say them real quick, so we won't get to them. But if we look at, um, yes, here it is, Job chapter forty, and mm-hmm. then Job chapter forty-two. That's the that's kind of where um, Job lands, and that he could not stand up against God's wisdom and power and providence, it was all, he finally got to the conclusion that it's all in the hands of God. So again, that references Job 40, I mean, yeah, Job chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, Mm -hmm. and Job 42, 1 through 6. And and all these situations, it's just basically reminding us, who do you think you are? (laughs) Just remember who God is. And once we submit under him. And as we said, the reference earlier, I believe, was Sister Ola mentioned the potter. Doesn't God have the right to make things how he wants for it? For who? This is not about us, no, but everything it. is for his glory. Right. And we rest in him. And verses 22 through the rest is other examples of how God, in his choosing, And especially, and I'll just quickly go through verse from verse 22 on. The question is, what about what if he, in the objects of wrath, choosing to show his wrath to make his power known, bore with great patience the object of his wrath, prepared for destruction, in order that from the objects uh, of mercy would see the power of God. So God is doing things. In ways that we don't understand. He's using his mercy, his sovereignty, his patience. Understand God is at work. And he asks, Well, what if God was wants to do it this way? But it's all about for God's glory, not just for the Jews. The Gentiles are also included in that. It's a it's God's super plan. So don't think that it's only about you Jews but it's also about the Gentiles. God has a plan from, again, from before the foundation of the world. There's some things that he chose from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through the the exodus. God had a plan all through that. He was working it out, and he allows us to see some of the details, even in thinking about Pharaoh, that he he used him, yet Even in that, God was working out his plan for his glory. Amen. It rests back on the sovereignty of God. And looking at verse 20, um, sometimes we get this kind of this jolt of saying, we have to just stop and say, who are we to talk back to God? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's okay to question. But then after you question it's going to be and if you don't mind I'm going to use my military. Sir, yes, sir. Doesn't matter if you agree. It matters that he is God.
1: Doesn't, Amen. Matter, doesn't Amen. matter
0: if you understand. God is in control. He is sovereign. Yeah. Lord, I trust you. And you Amen. may kind of slip in God, I I would have done it a little bit different, but then then you gotta just check yourself and say no. <laughs> yeah. I, God, you are in control.
1: And, Pastor, and con- uh, go ahead, Deacon Hicks. Uh, and considering um, scripture like
0: what we're talking about right now, one thing that helps me um,
1: find more peace is God is love. He's not gonna betray any of his attributes and if um, all that he's
0: he does is not is consistent with being a, a love itself and truth and so it may not be comprehensible to me uh, you know p- particular decision that he makes but I rest on the fact that I know he's love and that yeah. he he loved his he created his creation out of that love In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything he did was good. Amen. And everything else after that, we were created in the image of God. When we, and I'll put all of us in there through Adam and Eve, when we sinned against God, God had already, eaten, and this is again where it gets, God had a plan of his redemption all through the ages. And we got to see glimpses of Abraham again, Isaac, Jacob, and the Exodus. But that's all part of God's divine plan from even before the creation of the world. And so while we are gonna sweat the details, God has, he's already worked it out and we have to trust him in that because as we mentioned, he is not gonna do anything against his own nature who God is he is love he is kind he is merciful as a matter of fact when after that um, passage uh, where God says I will have mercy on whom I have mercy Moses asked the question of God show me your glory Mm. show me your glory And he said, basically, you can't, you can't handle my glory. But what I'll do is I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you. And my glory will pass by you. And as he says his name, his name is about mercy. His name is about love, sending uh, mercy to generation to generation. So that's who our God is. And we can trust that kind of God. And he does have a plan. And this is where part of that plan. I'll get right down to verse 30 to 33. I'm just going to read 30 through 33 as kind of a, a wrap up because I wanted to finish uh, this particular chapter, um, knowing that in advance that, as I mentioned, chapters 9 through 11 are, are all part of one thought. So this may come up again, but I'll, we didn't read verses 30 through 33, but I'm going to go ahead and read it with the time that we have left. Uh, what then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have o- obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. Remember all the things said before in terms of working to this point. But the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not o- attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it. Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were, by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written. See, I lay in Zion, a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. That prophetic word that's spoken there is speaking about who? Jesus, Mm. the Christ. And so all down through the plan of God, It's coming and centered on the person of Jesus Christ. It is a stumbling block, but that plan of God is being unfolded, was unfolded in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so God knew what he was doing. And because of that, Jews and Gentiles alike are included in the plan of God. So here's what I want you to do. Just take your hand and just go. (laughs) Um, Remember, focus on the sovereignty of God. Focus on the mercy and the patience of God. Focus on the love of God. And then let everything else be filtered through that. And even when we get to the point of, I still don't get it. Just say, Lord, I trust you. Yes. Lord, I trust you. To uh, God be the glory. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Well, again, we uh thank the Lord for our time together studying God's word, and I pray that uh, you would read back over uh chapters 9 through 11 just to kind of again get the flow, but there's a lot of uh truth in what God has done. Just again, what I really want us to Hold on to God has a plan and He worked it out yet. And especially for those who are believers, we can say, God, I thank you. Going back to Jesus. Romans 8, that nothing will separate us from your love. And this is all that you've done because you are
1: in control. And we thank you. Thank Amen. you. Amen. 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 Yes,